I was in awe of the men that I saw out campaigning up on those stages, giving speeches. It seemed like they had it all together. It seemed like they knew what they were talking about. Again, I was young. <laughs> but there weren't many women back in those days. Welcome to Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor, and this show is here to support your interests in center-right politics, policy, and breaking news. Listen in and discover how to awaken your inner ideal candidate. And if you're ready, how you can jump in and change the world as a runner or a supporter. Welcome to Political Contessa. If you or a friend have ever considered running or you know a woman who should, I've got something just for you. My quick guide called Secrets from the Campaign Trail. It will show you five signs to tell you you're ready to enter the political arena. To get these tips and learn about all new podcast episodes and ways to get involved, head over to politicalcontessa.com. Hello, and welcome to Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor, and I am your Political Contessa. On this episode, I'm going to tell you something super, super important. Maybe not important. Maybe interesting. So I think I have fallen in love. Yep. In love. Hey, by the way, I don't use that. I don't use that word lightly. But this isn't romantic love. This isn't a passionate love. This is adoration. This is for finding the person I am best suited to spend my time, my talent, and my energy on. I mean, look, no one is perfect. And no one finds anyone that hits on all 100% of what they want or need. But damn, I mean, I think this one comes pretty close for me. And again, I need to explain myself. This is on policy. This is on politics. This is on a candidate. And I don't remember the last time I was so excited about a candidate. I mean, definitely Scott Brown, when he ran for U.S. Senate back in 2009, when he, when all that was coming out, it was exciting. Believe me. It was exciting when Charlie Baker finally decided to run because I had wanted him to run for so long. So 2010, it was super exciting for Baker to run. But I am excited now because I haven't had this opportunity maybe ever to help on a campaign and help with someone who I really, truly believe should be president of the United States. So I'm going to keep you in suspense just in case you don't know. But let me give you some background on myself. I was raised in a house of Democrats, old school Dems, the ones that would turn over in their graves today if they heard the policies of this Democratic Party. Both my grandparents were in unions, as was one of my uncles. My grandparents were immigrants who believed in hard work, they believe that family and faith and that hard work would help them achieve the American dream. I became a Republican when I registered to vote. I started working on campaigns when I was 19. I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. 
I was in awe of the men that I saw out campaigning up on those stages, giving speeches. It seemed like they had it all together. It seemed like they knew what they were talking about. Again, I was young. <laughs> but there weren't many women back in those days. My hero was Sandra Day O'Connor. I ended up changing my major from bio to political science. Because of Justice O'Connor, I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to sit on the United States Supreme Court. The idealism that I felt coursed through my veins. I worked for a state senator in the New York State Senate. I was told I would be great to run for Young Republican Party chair in Nassau County, my county YRs. I did that. I won. I went to Giuliani's first inaugural where his son, Andrew, was crawling up his legs as he was giving a speech outside in New York City on a freezing January day. I mean, it was actually so cold that day that I didn't go to the inaugural ball or any other festivities because I got home and my toes were frozen. By the way, this is way before Uggs came out. I have been at those big political moments. I took a class in graduate school with Senator Al D'Amato. If you don't know him, his nickname was Senator Pothole. He got every single pothole in Nassau County fixed when he was the United States Senator from New York. There is nothing this man couldn't get accomplished. He was my hero. I sat next to him in my grad school class. He only taught it on Monday mornings before he went back to DC. There were only 20 of us in the class. I sat right next to him. I even looked at the hair in his ears and couldn't even imagine that a United States Senator had hair in his ears, but I loved everything that this guy had to say. I wrote papers. He gave me A pluses on my papers. It was a highlight in my young career. I studied these men who were in politics. I was in awe of their relationships and the power that they wielded. As I got older and I graduated from law school, I suddenly started finding my footing. One of my best mentors, who I can't mention because he's in a different position today, was my boss all through law school. He was probably my biggest cheerleader as well. When I graduated from law school, he told me that, and when I was in law school, he told me I could do anything I wanted to do. He gave me great career advice. And when I graduated from law school, he told me he wanted me to get out of my position with him and with our county legislature. And he wanted me to go on and do more, but that he'd always be there for me to talk to him and get advice from. I always knew I had his backing. And what was important to me was the mutual respect that both him and I had for each other. And as a result, I always told him I would have thrown myself in front of a bus for him. I would have taken a bullet for him. And so in my head, in this terrible career in politics, which has been long and it's sometimes, or a lot of times, really aggravating and frustrating, but I always remember that I will only work for someone I would truly throw myself in front of a bus for because it's tough. Days are long. People are nasty. 
and really only work for someone you truly believe in. And I used that motto and kept that motto with me when I moved to Massachusetts. I was so fortunate when I moved here that it allowed me to find some different women who were, or some women actually, who were role models for me in politics. I worked for Governor Jane Swift, who was in her mid-30s, had twins while she was governor. She was such a role model for all of us young women that worked for her. She took so much crap that would never be given to any woman in the 2020s. But in the early 2000s, believe me, what she was wearing, how much weight she gained, her getting home to be with her sick child, all issues at the time. It was terrible. It made me want to go out and find other women to help and work for. A couple of years later, then it was Carrie Healy. I had the good fortune of working on her campaign with a lot of my girlfriends. And I, again, this smart, savvy, political woman who just had all these young women following and interested in her campaign gave me so much hope of what could happen in the future and how women could actually be part of the political process and make a difference. And then there's my good friend, Beth Lindstrom, who has been on this show before. Another strong, savvy woman who has worked in numerous administrations of governors here in Massachusetts, who herself has run for the U.S. Senate and also has been the campaign manager for Scott Brown in his successful U.S. Senate race. A marvelous woman who is not just a political person, but she also is an amazing small businesswoman. So I have been so fortunate to have these other women who came before me who modeled what it was like to be a strong leader. Now, finally, I have my ultimate candidate, my candidate who's running for president, someone who's not running for office for her ego. She's not doing it for herself, but for her kids, for my kids, for your kids. And like most men, Sorry, guys, we love you, but this is actually a statistic. Most men wake up, they brush their hair, they wash their face, they look in the mirror and they say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to run for president. They have absolutely no credentials to do this, but I'm going to go do this. Women need to be asked at least seven times to run for office. So first elected in 2004, Nikki Haley went to her state legislature. Because she believed in transparency and accountability, she ran for governor in her third term in the legislature. As a woman who believed in transparency and accountability, she was harassed in the legislature, and she knew she needed to go do something about it. And the only way to do something about it was to run for governor. As governor, she made decisions, such as removing the Confederate flag from the state house, to the dismay of many. It happened after a horrific shooting in a church by a white supremacist, and she knew that the right thing to do was to go to the legislature and not just take down the flag, but take down the flagpole so the Confederate flag would never fly at the South Carolina State House again. That took some balls, 
That's courage. That's leadership. She did what was right. Nikki Haley then got the call to serve her country as ambassador for the UN under Donald Trump. There, she showed grit, resilience, intellect, and like she likes to say, she took the kick me sign off the back of the United States. She served her country when she was called, not because it was advancing her career, not because it was gaining her great press, not because, you know, the guy who was in the the White House at the time was this awesome guy, but because it was the right thing to do. Again, she showed courage and she showed leadership. Her next calling is now, and it is time to run for president of the United States. Nikki Haley has put herself out there and she's going to save our country from debt, from open borders, from drugs coming over the border and killing our children, killing our sisters, our brothers, our family members, and our friends. She's going to save the United States from being a weak link on the foreign stage and so, so much more. Nikki Haley has the experience as a legislator, as a governor, as a United States ambassador to the UN, as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, as a woman of color, as a woman. Nikki Haley has no other personal agenda than let's get shit done. Unlike everyone else, she actually has the experience. It's experience that I talk about when I talk to candidates. Run for your local offices, run for your legislature, move up the ranks. That's what she has done. You know what else she has done? Nikki Haley, when she graduated from Clemson University, graduated with a degree in accounting. That is so freaking novel to have someone in the White House who actually understands economics firsthand with an accounting degree. That to me is called qualified. For me, it is Nikki Haley, who I've been searching for since my first presidential election that I voted in, in 1992. I can't imagine anyone more qualified, competent, intelligent, strong, savvy, kind, witty. And as I heard after the CNN town hall, badass woman, not supporting Nikki Haley just because she's a woman. I'm supporting her because she is the best candidate. But I'll tell you, really doesn't hurt that she's a woman who has some compassion and understanding and is going to view the world in a different way. And I don't know about you, but so far the guys we've had the past few years have not been up to my standard of leader. And I'm really looking forward to the next generation of leader. And I'm hoping that is Nikki Haley. That's why I'm supporting her, supporting Nikki Haley, because she is worth jumping in front of that bus for. Thank you for being here today on Political Contessa with me. I hope you stay happy, healthy, and safe. Thanks so much for listening to Political Contessa. For all the ways to listen and to get the inside scoop on what's happening in center-right politics for women like us, head over to politicalcontessa.com. 